Hey, welcome to Going Off Track. It is Steven in the room with producer Brad. Hello. The people's producer, Mike Kanjemi. Yo. Uh, J Train, Jonah Bear. <laughs> yes. Rock journalist to the stars. Uh, today's guest is Joe Troman. We saw it and talked with Joe a little while ago from Fallout Boy and The Damned Things. We talked to him actually before he got married. So this is this is pre-nuptial out Joe Troman. But before we get to that, I, I want to discuss um, the idiocy of Mike Kanjemi and I. Okay, so Mike and I live in Jersey. Uh, not together. We, we have wives. Um, <laughs> definitely separate. In spirit. In spirit. We live together. In spirit, we have our own spot. Well, you have your own spot. You have like your tiki room, and I have my studio yeah. outside with all my comics and stuff. So yeah. it's a nerd-connected wormhole. We're dorks. We meet at the train station... Mike texts me and says, I'm here. Where are you? We meet at the same spot. We go to the uh, ACE train. going to take the A train down to <clears throat> 14th, connect the L, and come out here to glorious Billy Berg. Uh, going to go over the, the B Bridge to Billy Berg. So here's the thing. It, it, Penn Station, for those of you who don't live in New York City, if you get on any subway in, in New York anywhere, you can easily go from express to local just walking across the track. For some godforsaken reason at Penn Station – if you're in the middle track, that's where the express is. To get to the fucking local, you have to walk all the way around and catch the local train. It's stupid. We don't know why. So Mike and I are hanging out, talking, shooting the shit. Mike's, Mike's wife's going to have a baby. Yay, I have kids. Let's talk about stuff. Crazy. <laughs> the A train comes, and for some reason, we don't get on it. Well, in all fairness, it's, I, I, Stephen's back was toward the train, and... I was staring at it. <laughs> like, I watched the train come in, and I just wasn't think Like, it, my brain wasn't work. I just was watching the train, and I was just listening to Stephen, and we're talking, and I'm like, well, he doesn't seem to be moving, so I guess we're not getting on that. Maybe it's the wrong... I always download to, like, it's my fuck-up, so I'm like, oh, I guess we're not getting on that train. So I saw... There was an E-train across the track <laughs> on the other side that I saw come in. So in my head, in my periphery, the E-train, that was just the same train. It was gigantic, so we didn't get on it. So, like, whatever, the next train comes. Okay, then there's an announcement that the next train is about 20 minutes away. And we stood there and we watched E-Train after E-Train after E-Train, the local to go. Normally, you can just walk over to the fucking track. So an E-Train comes, Mike and I decide, let's do it. We're going to run downstairs around. Don't know why. Fucking Penn Station. For us to go down and around, we would have to leave and then punch back in with our Metro cards to get back up to the train again. So we didn't. And we didn't because we're cheap. <laughs> two fifty. It is also funny. Like I know watching two people, like two like you know semi adult people like us running in it. I think anyone it was funny. And I remember Jonah saying like watching people running for trains is like some one of your favorite pastimes. But it is sort of funny. I've also fallen downstairs like running, you know, for idiot trains. I ran for a train the week I was getting married and fell down the steps, dislocated my right shoulder. And fell on my hand so that, on my left hand, so that the ring finger cracked and my ring finger was swollen. So if you look at our wedding video, if you guys remember, Trish is pushing the ring on my finger and I'm just grimacing because my finger is swollen out to hell. She's like, he just doesn't want to wear a ring. And I'm like, no. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. that But speaking of your train story, I feel like, didn't you think there'd be an age where like, this kind of stuff stopped happening to you where you're like, I can just get, you know, like I'll figure it out. Like I felt like I'd be able to problem solve better at this age. Whereas I feel half the time, like this is a normal situation and I'm doing everything wrong. Oh dude, we were sitting there like Murphy's law. And then I think Mike and I both went to the phase of, okay, we're both obviously pretty pissed off, but we're not going to act pissed off because there's no point. Right. Nothing's going to make it go quicker. And then the irony sets in. Like, I was the one that said we have to be here at a certain time. Oh, great. Now we're going to be late. Right. But the best part was, no matter what we said, no matter how many trains came through, Mike went, we're still going to beat Jonah. I said we're going to beat you. And then when we got here, you weren't here. We are like, yeah! I was just making... I said, come and, yeah. come and gone. Come and gone. Damn it, the fudge. <laughs> Jonah, Jonah I, you know what? Actually, the way it always happens is, like, I would make a joke like that, and you're like, dude, I actually was here early. For well, me. it's easier for me now because I moved back to Williamsburg. I'm just busting your chops. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. How's that going? I can just walk here. It takes, like, 15 minutes. It's going good. Digging it? You're living with, like, two other dudes? Living with two guys. Oh, I, you moved. I moved. I'm with two guys I didn't know before I moved in with them who both turned out to be, like, into, like, the same hardcore, like, really good music. <laughs> They're both, like, one dude's a skateboarder. They're awesome. So we hang out a lot. Is there weed involved? 
<laughs> Who's going to hear this? <laughs> so you're back in Williamsburg. and so back in Williamsburg, and uh, yeah, it's good. It's, uh, do you miss the East Village? I do, but it was getting a little bit... I felt like everything was closing, and once that IHOP opened, and the, <laughs> I feel like it was all sports bars or chains, like, it's definitely, like, it's changing over there. Yeah, once TVs go into bars, that's kind of a sign, leave the area. Well, yeah, and everyone hated this bar by me, the 13th Step is what it was called, and it was written in, like, a Comic Sans font, and it was, like, the epitome of, like, the horrible, like, frattiest, like, worst place ever. That's just rude. Yeah. So the name, too. You'd be like, dude. Yeah, it's like... Really? <laughs> yeah, it's like... In so. the East Village, the den of drugs and sin oh, still. On, dude. dude, they tore down the Mars bar. I mean, like... Did they really? Yeah. yeah. Can you believe that? That yeah. hold out? Oh I'm surprised God. it held out for as long Me as Me too. Did. I am too. But they built like a Veselka next to it. Like there's like a fancy Veselka now. It's just like everything's just upscale or like catering to NYU kids, I feel. Yeah, because they're paying... When we moved out of our apartment on 7th, we were paying like 1800 a month, something crazy for a two-bedroom. I think that place now goes for like 35 3600 And they put in a skylight, probably where the roof fell in when we lived there. Well, you know what's happening though is all of all of our kind is trying to find that you know the old East Village coming out here. So the prices out here, in Williamsburg, are not really that like they're pretty steep. Yeah, yeah. Williamsburg is just like an extension. Yeah, it's pretty know? much the same same deal. But it didn't used to be. Even in two thousand two, when I first came out here, I was on South Fourth and Driggs, and that was still you know gird your loins before going outside. Uh, and now that's. Too. No, it's uh, Peter Luger's. Let's go over there. Dude, you probably could have rented this place, 5,000 square feet, for, you know, $1,000 back then. Nobody wanted to be over here in 2002. So you think the loft culture is done from New York? When did you move the out? Bronx. Here? Go when to the Bronx. You, when did you move out to New York? I moved to New York in, very, in like, 89. Right on. 89. Long time ago. Where, no, wait. Where's the place that you lived where you knocked the air conditioner out of the window? That was Rivington Street. <laughs> that was really, really frightening. That was one of those moves that you never, you know, I, I remember putting the air conditioner in in the spring and going, like, okay, I got to make a mental note, a fucking mental note <laughs> that it's not supported. And it was one of those really light ones, you know, I mean, not light, but it was a small air conditioner. Sure enough. That fall, you know, take a drink of beer, put it down. The air, it was plugged in. I opened the window, and there it went, dude. It went. It was gone. Three o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm like, and like, before it even hit the ground, I had all the mental image of lady with baby carriage, you know, like just all the dude. worst things that could happen. And I'm, I was only on the second floor, but it's a fucking air conditioner, you yeah. know, with pointed metal edges. And... And the thing is, is on the way down, I guess there was a sill like under my window that had a this huge iron bar with a chain attached. It was had been one of those signs, you know, those that kind of hang out with a chain holding it. Oh, yeah, and they yeah. had removed the sign and kind of set this on the sill. The the, uh, the air conditioner caught that and, and brought that out. So it just sounded like a car falling off the roof is basically what it <laughs> sounded like. Plus, I think it hit the metal door, not the c- concrete. So it was just – it was a huge <laughs> – I mean, it sounded, yeah, it sounded like a crane. But it didn't hit anybody. It didn't hit anybody. But as I looked out the window, like, just as it hit, there was this girl walking past, like, down the sidewalk. And it hit, like, you know, six, eight feet from her, slightly behind her. So she didn't see it. She just heard the noise. And as I looked, I saw her, like, completely frozen, immobile, in fright, not even turning to look. And, And as I watched, you could just see this look on her face. She unfroze and kept walking and did not turn around. She refused to look. She did not want to know what the fuck had just fallen off the and then, roof. And then what did you do? I freaked. I ran downstairs and grabbed the thing and took it and threw it in the backyard in the garbage. See, the first time you told me that story, you said you cuddled back in the fetal position and wept. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go talk to Joe Troman. <laughs> it's going on track! Yeah. Awesome. How, what are your rates usually like? Okay. Cool. Jonah's on the phone right now talking about getting massages from some dude. Well, yeah, I think I'm probably um, I'm pretty busy until the marathon, but maybe after the marathon, I'll um, I'll give you a call. We could schedule something. Yeah, we could do a little rub and tug, whatever works for you. Right on. Cool. Thanks again. Yeah, it's Lube City. So, 
two weeks. Are you allergic to lilac? Yeah, well, hopefully. Thank you. We could use All right, you too. Jergens or... Right. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. I was looking into the Thai massage. Hey, welcome to the second off-track episode. The silence you hear to my left is uh, Mike Kanjemi, who actually had to work today. Leon is working the boards again, and we're waiting on our guest, Joe Troman. You might know him from Fallout Boy. And at the moment, he's a damned thing. I have that record. Do you have that record? Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's, it's pretty like good. Scott Ian, Keith Buckley, um, Hurley. And what's the other guy? Uh, that other Rob from Anthrax. Yes, yes. And yes. Josh Newton. Yeah, and Josh from, from Autumn to Ashes, Every Time I Die. And He's not in any Every Time I Die now. Oh, that's right. Why do you leave? I don't know. So what we're going to do now is try and avoid what I like to refer to as the camera awkwardness. The whole point of the podcast is to get what happens before cameras are rolling. Because whenever we did the rock show, we'd talk to people, and it was always comfortable and awesome. And then as soon as like someone hit record, everything got weird. That's exactly how we feel right now. <laughs> Let's exalt in the awkwardness. Okay, so here's something that we have to talk about uh, before Joe comes in. Um, it has nothing to do with music, which is fine. It has to do with um, addiction. And it's kind of serious. Uh, Jonah Bear has an issue. He's been watching Roseanne nonstop for how many weeks now? Probably about two weeks. So how many seasons of Roseanne? Like Roseanne the sitcom? Yes. There's nine seasons, about 25 episodes a season. But I started on season three because Netflix only had, can store like 100 episodes, I guess. So wait, so, so... So I started on episode one, which is already probably episode, like, 40. Okay. And I'm going up to 100. I'm in the 80s. And, and you, it's starting to get not so great. You're, lo- you're loving every second of it, though. I was. I mean, the last three seasons were amazing. I feel like season eight, that when they kind of, like, brought in the new Becky, and then, like, they're switching off Beckys, and that's weird, and I Sarah feel like... Sarah Chalk, right? Yeah. Sarah Chalk, second Becky. I never watched Roseanne. Is it really that funny? Yes. Why? It's so fun. You know, uh, we're just listening to Norm MacDonald, WTF, and he used to write for it. Like, okay. his name's in the credit all the time. It's just the act. I mean, John Goodman's amazing. The writing's really funny. It's out of all those sitcoms, it's so good. <laughs> That's the point of it all. And they deal with some real serious stuff. I mean, there's a lot of race stuff, a lot of like, there's like a domestic abuse issue. I feel, but I feel like they do it in a really smart way. And I don't know. So, I haven't gotten to the point where they win the lottery and then like. Only episode I've ever seen. Really? They win the lottery, and they decide to go to Disney World. And they bring back in... Oh, wait a minute. Is this not... No, they... So they go to Disney World. That's before they win the lottery. Oh, the they, lottery. He, he gets bids on some contracting drywall thing, and that's how they get the Disneyland money. But when they get the Disneyland money, they swap out the original Becky to bring in Sarah Chalk. Yeah. They bring... They, they kick out... So Sarah Chalk came in to be second Becky. They kick her out. First Becky comes back. But they bring in Sarah Chalk, and Roseanne literally says in the show, oh, that's pretty cool. We're going to bring you in. You get to go to Disneyland, right? No, she goes, I watched this episode last night. She goes, to, yeah, Sarah Chalk walks in, and she goes, aren't you glad you're here this week? Yeah. <laughs> but even when the original Becky comes back on the show at the beginning of that season, she's like, where have you been? And <laughs> she's like, I feel like I haven't seen you in three years. Like, they make so m- And then after the credits, I always kind of, like, they'll pr- act as themselves. Like, the characters will act as the actors. Like, they'll always right. do goofy stuff at the end. But John Goodman, just like that dude's face. And I looked him up recently, lost 100 pounds. Recently? Yeah, like huh. last year. Like, he was getting pretty big. But so, so he looks like John Goodman's Circa Revenge of the Nerds? Yeah. He was in Revenge of the Nerds? Yeah, dude, he was the football coach. Really? I never yeah. put that together. He was like 180. I have no idea how much he fucking weighed. Uh, so Roseanne, anyway, what else? Weren't you addicted to something else on Netflix? Just Roseanne. Um, I mean, I'm addicted to a lot of stuff on Netflix, but yeah, Roseanne's been my latest one. I'm trying to think. Well, I'm that a- prison show, Lockdown, I was really into. Right. This really is. This really is Joe. Oh, that's Joe. Joe Truman from Fallout Boy and the Damn Joe. Things. Hey man, uh, I'm here. You're here. Yeah. All right. Um, is there someone out there that that uh maybe I'll just run outside and go yeah, out. go get him. All right, I'll see you. In a- oh, you're inside. You're not by, you're not by a microphone. Right. <laughs> now John is going to get Joe opening the door. Yo! How are you? Good to see you. How are you? How are you? It's been a long time. It's How are you? Been a long time. Pull up a chair. I will. That's it. Yeah, right here. It's good. Yeah. <clears throat> what up? How much, man? Welcome, welcome to Off Track. Yeah. 
We came up with the name last week when we did the first one. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're the second. How do you I'm feel? The second. I yeah. feel good. I you feel look, number two. You look good. Thank you very much. I haven't seen you sans fro. Yeah, I just got a haircut today because I'm getting married on uh, Saturday. You're so, getting married Saturday yeah. and you came here? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of why I like ended up changing uh, Pushing the, the time, time on the la- like at the last minute because a bunch of wedding stuff fell into my lap. Yeah, Jonah texted me last night at 1130 that you wanted to push it back. But here's the thing. I now have twin baby girls. I heard today via text I felt really bad. And I was like, uh, that kind of trumps... It sort of trumps getting married, but they're both crazy. They're both crazy. No, marriages, yeah. weddings are nuts. Yeah. I haven't it's gone insane. through it. Yeah. I did, my three-year anniversary was last week. Congratulations, Three man. years. That's awesome. Three years, two children, bonkers. But the thing is, like, anytime up until <coughs> seven months ago when the girls were born, 11.30 night, text, call, whatever, fine, awake, yeah. we're all awake. No, I'd been asleep for about two hours by then. Yeah. See, I thought maybe it'd be too late, but then I was like, Steven's probably always up. Like, I could text him at four in the morning. He'd be like, hey, what's up? Oh, I'm up all the time, but intermittently because they now sleep during the night. And being awake isn't because they're awake. It's paranoia because as soon as you have a child, someone said this, uh, to my wife, and it's so smart. Once you have a kid, it's your last worry-free night on earth. Because you just wake up all the time doing crazy stuff. Like, like are they breathing? Like, stuff like that? I check <laughs> their chest to make sure they're yeah. moving constantly. Like, I think about it all the time. I think about what it's going to be like when I have kids, because I check Marie's, I check our dogs, yeah. I check the cat. I make sure they're alive all the time. See, you're already screwed. I'm fucked. That's screwed. Now you're getting married. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations on the twins. Thank you very much. Yeah. There's a Patton Oswald has a great joke. I like that when people say congratulations on kids, it just means you're congratulating my balls. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah. Congratulations to your balls, man. My nuts are awesome. We were in they made made two of the same kid at once. Oh god, can you believe that? (laughs) Okay, don't have two. Have them one at a time. Yeah. And and be married for a couple of years. We did that. Like, like be married and, and enjoy it. And That's then, what we'd like to do. I yeah. mean, unless a mistake occurs, then. Well, you control that. You can, yeah. Yeah. You can abort those mistakes. Well, that that's that that's a post <laughs> yeah. see, we're, controlling see, thing. See, we're more, we're always kind of like, <laughs> shit, now what do we do? That's kind of uh, the situations we constantly get into. But, um, yeah, we can control yeah. Beforehand. You don't have to pull the goalie. You yeah. can you can keep it there. Yeah. You can keep it going. Yeah. Where are you getting married? Uh on the Lower East Side at Angel Orange Sense. Oh, very nice. Do you know do you know that place? Oh yeah. I, I saw Taking Back no. Sunday there. They did like they did their D V D there. Yeah. And, yeah, someone just told me they saw L C D sound system there. They also have wedding they also uh it's also a wedding venue. It's just that. like a venue. It's an old synagogue. I really? Mean, you, 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 you you could you tell it was an old synagogue in there? Or was it the lighting's so crazy. How do you mean? So can you guess. tell? You have some kind of Jewish sense? Well, I mean, there, sense? There, there, is a, there is a big Star of yeah, David. Yeah, now that you There's mentioned a big Star of David <laughs> above, above the door where they clearly used to keep the Torah. Yeah. So, I mean, you can tell. I mean, it's also got, like, the separate tiers where, like, the women would be at the top and the men would That's be. That's true, they'd yeah. separate. Well, uh, yeah, with, like, Orthodox Judaism, it's like men and women are very separate. separated. They can't intermingle. Unless you're married. When when Jonah said that, that that you want to come in and do this, one thank you to Oh, he, my pleasure. I was stoked. I was, he said, get ready for it to get really Jewish. <laughs> yeah. It's already getting yeah. Jewish. Yeah. Last week was Jonah Matranga and it was oh, pretty right. Jewish. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's pretty Jewish. Yeah. Wow. This is pretty Jewish. It's pretty Jewish. Yeah. I didn't even mean for it to get Jewish. It it, it, it was a synagogue in the eighteen hundreds and then it was deconsecrated and the city wanted to just get rid of it. And then these two oh. brothers came in, these like artists. And they bought it, and uh, so it's like an art. It's like an art conservatory slash, um, slash you know venue for things. My brother, I, I love how um, synagogues just it's just part of the deal that they're used for anything. Yeah. And my brother went to a Quaker high school as a Catholic in a Jewish synagogue. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, it's just a thing. But it's like, just other a ch- thing. Other yeah. churches don't. You're not, you're not going to see any other church go, yeah, come on in. And You, you know. do have people that buy old churches and turn them into like crazy houses, though. Yeah. Like you see that like in Chicago, that was a thing. Like but you have lot. to get it deconsecrated. You, you have, have to get it deconsecrated this. first, yeah. You have to use magic. Or else you'll have like ghosts and ghouls. If you oh, believe. Yeah. All sorts of ghouls, man. <laughs> if you believe in that it's sort of thing. an interest of mine, ghouls. No, you do, you're doing the full-on Jewish ceremony? No. No, no, it's it's uh, not. It's a secular ceremony. Okay, but uh, Marie had told me that she wanted f- for me to break the bottle. 
just because. Yeah. I was like, eh, I guess, sure. I have no problem breaking things. Because once you, once you get to, once you get the <laughs> tattoos, you're like, yeah, we're just going reform. You know, every <laughs> every year I've cared less and less about the idea of even being associated with anything uh, cultural or um, religious. Uh, I'd like to be associated with um, gray area of everything. Yeah, I, I like gray areas. I do, There's I, nothing. <clears throat> like, with everything with Occupy Wall Street, no opinion, nothing. Right. Whatever happens to the world happens. No opinion. I have no opinion on anything. I like having no opinion and not caring. But also, I care that other people care about stuff. I just don't care. Think personally, act not globally or locally. <laughs> yeah, just don't. Just don't do it. That's my 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 slogan. What, what's the rule about uh, church, church, church? Church is just for people who like to join clubs. Yeah, same with synagogue. The synagogue yeah. for people that like to join country clubs because you pay what <laughs> you pay what like eighty thousand dollars a year to it's be part expensive. of it. It's really expensive. It's, really expensive. it's expensive to worship. I'm doing quote fingers, but for that we do that yeah. all. The t- I've noticed that all the time. Our second podcast <laughs> that we noticed a lot of hand talking, and you realize this is kind of ridiculous now that. You know what's funny is that that was the chair Brad set up for the guest. Oh, really? You totally and I took it over? It. Do yeah. you want to switch spots? No, it's fine. It's just funny because that chair that Jonah's sitting in looks like a throne. It's awesome. I love this room. It's you very like cool. space? It's, it's a fantastic it's space. It's pretty badass. Well, they asked me if I was, like, someone's like, you coming in to play in the session? I'm like, okay. <laughs> you should Did I not mention that we signed you up for a session? <laughs> for a session? Yeah. Cool. I guess. It's like my friend I'm, plays guitar. He'll I'm here come to play in, in the it. session. <laughs> what is it? What am I playing? <laughs> I need to learn it now. So when so you're getting married, uh, and I find that grooms, husbands-to-be, know more about diamonds after proposing than you would ever think. Yeah. And that women in general don't know. Don't know anything about diamonds. Anything. And you're like... I What's know what the deal with that, man. I mean, that's a very sorry. I, I came no, off very signed. No, no, no. Me, no, but, I, no, no what, I can confer. I can. It, I, it's awesome to feel validated, though, because. <laughs> I know a lot about diamonds and mm-hmm. a lot about like the Gemolo- Gemological Institute of America about their standards <laughs> of, you know, the cuts and the standards and like, you know, flawless versus like, you know, IF versus the all five those. C's. Yeah. You know, the five all that C's. stuff I know about because I, all I did was read through books over and over again and be like, shit, what am I going to do? I got to pick out this right thing. And, and she's like, I don't know. It looks pretty. Exactly. Right. Verbatim. Yeah. Verbatim. God, I, I went to a friend of mine hooked me up with one of, like, <clears throat> uh, like, like Harry Winston's diamond cutters. Yeah. Like, like up on was it fifty third, fifty second? Basically, like, you up up in the in the diamond district. In the diamond yeah, district, the, the golden diamond district, where they just constantly try to where people try to sell you watches constantly. A lot of black hats, a lot of yeah. security cameras. And I walked in, and it was this guy, um, last name <coughs> Blattberg, something I can't remember. Who's awesome? Oh, Jeff Greenbaum was amazing. That was it. And walked in, obviously, everyone's nodding. It is getting very juicy. <laughs> and he sat down with me, and he literally cracked his knuckles and went, diamonds. And he, like, pulled out all these. Let me tell you about diamonds. He pulled out all these different. He, like, he said, here's, here's, here's the color. This is white. This is not as this. This is a different way. Right. If I take it away, which looks yellow, it, like, taught me everything. It was phenomenal. It's cool. To, it's actually cool stuff. And it's funny how, like, between the, there's, like, Flawless is the best, and there's mm. IF, which I forget what that is, something flawless. It's like, it, it means that there's like little imperfections. Yeah. Very minute, you need like, you need the little, the eye magnifying yes. glass to really see that there's any imperfections. The price difference between those two alone is astronomical. It was different. amazing. It's totally different. Because my wife's engagement ring's got some flaws in it. I know where they are. She can't see them, but I know. Yeah. Same with, yeah, yeah, same difference here. Yeah, ex- exactly. I know where the flaws are, and uh, she'll never know. I also know, where the, I also know where the certificate is that states how much the diamond's worth is. Mm. She doesn't know where it is. There's, there's a lot of things she'll never know. Now, did you... I don't, I just, I've, isn't it kind of bad luck to, like, let them know how much the ring costs, or do you tell them after? Do you, do, do, does your wife know how much her... Well, here's a question. Did you sh- shop for rings with her before you got them? Nope. Okay. Yeah. She got her, um, the only time I did was, was recently, obviously, I, we went together to get uh, wedding rings, right. and then she got, like, a, a replacement engagement, replacement for the engagement ring to match the wedding ring. Yeah. So that we did together, but no, I picked out everything myself. Oh, it's bold. It was really bold. It worked out. See, we went, we went shopping for rings. You're supposed to. Yeah. Because. That's what normal people do. Well, I. Or, or I guess, I don't know. 
The yeah. picture in my head that. in no way matched what she wanted. What she wanted looked hideous. Really? So while shopping, I went, try this. And she went, oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. And I was like, okay. Like, I would have I screwed up royally. It would have been, yes, it's pretty. Ah, uh, so you if you had done what I had done, you would have gotten her the wrong thing. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I lucked out. I think I asked her, I asked her about, like, through subtle conversation what she would mm. want. And then I, I pieced together from there. Though I did pick out the wrong cut diamond than what she would have chosen on her own but she still loves it so it doesn't, right. it doesn't matter what kind of cut what kind of cut you had a princess cut okay and there's i forget what she wanted kind of like, like the, i think she wanted like the emerald cut i think princess cuts like flat on the top yep. and yeah so um jenna how you doing you're right good i think if you get a girl diamond ring they're gonna be happy no matter what <laughs> that's what i'm saying <laughs> right yeah, yeah. It, turned out, it turned out fine i think when somebody wants to marry you and you're like i want to marry you too here's a ring with a diamond on it they're like Yep, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm into this. So if you got him like a Barnes and Noble gift certificate or something, yeah. then I could see him being mad. But yeah, but you, but you but you wrap the Barnes and Noble Noble certificate around their finger. It's really cute, and you can get this a is, book about diamonds. So can yep. you do you pay more? Like you pay more for organic groceries. Can you pay more to like not get a blood not diamond? Not a blood diamond. I no, mean, I, I wanted a blood diamond, didn't you? Want yeah, one? I wanted some. <laughs> I wanted mine. I want to crack mine open and just have it bleed. Mine came with a child <laughs> from Sierra Leone. Like we haven't. I think. You know, you know my thoughts, and this th- this goes with my. You don't care. Just don't care. <laughs> I do care, but I mean, like, you could go out of your way to find a not blood diamond, a or an organic diamond, and um, <laughs> you know what? Chances are, it probably still is a blood diamond. Right. Like, right. you know, you can pay somebody extra money to tell to to have them make you feel better that those people exist. Yeah. I mean, we all have iPhones, right? Yes. yes. Okay, the people that make iPhones are working in horrendous conditions, most likely in China. Yeah. Well, that's, they were talking about in the Joe Rogan podcast, they were saying they should come out with an iPod Karma that's like twice as much money but wasn't made at yeah. like one of these horrible places and see who would buy it. And then like the iPod, like you're a dick, that's like a hundred bucks, but it's like made in like the even worse conditions. The the, the iPod, um, see, I was trying to think of the opposite of Karma and Buddhism. I know, what is there it? is a word for it. I know. Ah, because of an S, whatever. Shit. Probably, yeah, the iPod <laughs> shit. <laughs> so, Honeymoon, do you have that planned? Yeah, Vietnam and Thailand. Nice. Yeah. Oh, speaking, dude, speaking of hardships. Where are you going to Vietnam? Uh, going to Hanoi, Ho Chi Minh City, and then in between that, they like um, there's like an old Vietnamese junker that they turned into, like they renovated it and turned it into like a one-cabin junker. It's like, it's nice, but called a junker, and... um. It's very cool looking, and it's we're basically taking that down like an an old river, you know, like in a cradle of civilization kind of area, mm-hmm. and uh, taking that to like an old fishing village and going you, to go squid fishing. Ah, uh, how romantic! It's cool, right? Yeah. Have you, been- you, know, you know, one one time I actually uh, at an aquarium I got to like feed a a squid. So this is what you want to do. For no, it's not what I want to do. It's not what I didn't want to do. Did we she just... drop subtle hints? You know, I really want to go squid fishing. She's the one that wanted to go to Vietnam. Okay, I wanted to go to Thailand, and because uh, I'd never been, and everybody I knows everyone said it's amazing. So yeah. I was like, you know, there's, there's no way it's gonna be bad. Everybody I know, people whose tastes I actually agree with, say it's great. Uh, but then I also wanted to go to like somewhere like Singapore that I've, I've been to before that I know is really nice and it's easy, and and uh, but she wanted to go to Vietnam. Which is cool. So it's kind of we're just going Have you for been it. to Vietnam before? No. Dude, Hanoi, get ready. The craziest thing about Hanoi is crossing the street. Yeah. yeah it's, you it's told impo- me that. It's impossible. <laughs> it's, it takes a couple <laughs> days to get the hang of it. And the first couple times, it's like the scariest thing ever. You can watch videos on YouTube. Basically, like, it's just, it looks like chaos. Like, there's motorbikes and everything's going every direction. So it's direction. like Mexico City or something. Yes. Okay. So did you, basically did just, you get stuck? Yeah, I got stuck in, like, there's a video of me just standing in the middle of an intersection because it's like you have to keep walking straight. Like everyone will go around you, but if you stop, then you, it's like chaos. So any traffic jam. So this video of a traffic jam started by Jonah Bear. Well, not really a traffic jam. It's sort of me kind of getting stuck. I mean, it was fine. I said to wait for stuff to pass, but uh, yeah. So it's it's the it's the unruly traffic laws. Yeah, but yeah, you, we never the, saw any accidents. I mean, everyone knows exactly the space they take up and like That's a weird that's a weird Southeast Asia thing and a weird like South American, like a South America thing as well where yeah. you just see like you're like how is this working but it works. Yeah, exactly. But it's really scary and it's 
I mean, being in a car and like I remember like in the Philippines was like that. It was just like it seemed like everything was just converging into each other and it was just going to be a big pile on. But everything happened somehow. Speaking of Mexico City, when you guys you guys have played down there before, yeah. right? What's that like? I mean, did you have, you did get bodyguards and stuff? Because don't people get kidnapped and stuff? Um, south of, in Brazil, we did. Really, we had we, really? had, we had like yeah, two bodyguards with armed uh, yeah armed bodyguards because people do get kidnapped in Brazil all the time. Apparently, all the all the really wealthy people live up high, like in in more mountainous. Because if you have the high ground, you can if, shoot down. If you have the high, yeah, I, I, apparently. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not sure uh, what kind of weaponry they have up there. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> all, all the wealthy people do. And, and also, another thing is, apparently, when, when they go into, like, into the cities and in their fancy cars, they have all sorts of things. Like, they can engulf their car in flames and things of that nature to get people. It's apparently incredibly dangerous. Wait, hold on. Like the they, wealthy people who are driving, well, just who, who they, co- can, they have the capabilities to to set their cars on fire and keep driving and keep living. Wait, like pretend that they died in the flames? No, just or? like kind of like a get away. My car is on fire. Like a ruse, kind of a ruse, <laughs> kind of a deterrent. Like you can see, I've had a bad day already. Sort of, kind of like when a dog is like trying to bite into something the dog shouldn't, you just spray it with water. That's kind of like a more <laughs> no, it's not. That's version. that's a horrible metaphor. A more, so, a more extreme version of that. It, so you're driving in South America. So we're. Re- I don't really know. This is what this someone is what a, told you. This that, is what a Brazilian person told me. Were they a friend? Because <laughs> oh, I'm not a friend. No. Okay, they, they could be lying to me. They but I like the. I, but I, I like the James Bondness of of the idea. You know what I mean? I'm all for a car that looks like it's on fire <laughs> to keep people from. St- I would. That's not a deterrent. That's just fun. It's fun. Yeah, like, I would do that. For kicks. Would you run up to that car and be like, I want to touch that f- flaming car? I would just be like, wow, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? Is that like, is go that away. <laughs> like, no, I don't want to go away. Your car's on fire. It's In America, awesome. we call that a Pinto. That's Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's like a, it is a Pinto. It's taking combustion engine to a whole new level. But, yeah, but it, it was really scary in Brazil. It couldn't like, it sucks, man. Going to like a lot of places in South America, you can't do anything. Well, you can't like, you can't walk out of the hotel and go walk around because they're like, you're going to get kidnapped or murdered. You're like, nah, I don't want to be here anymore. What is that like when you go and you play... What's it like getting murdered? <laughs> yeah, what's, what's murdered like? <laughs> it's... Is that what it's like worse, being in a band with it's wor- it's, wor- <laughs> it's worse <laughs> than having... It's yeah. It's it's worse than just dying on your own. I, apparently, I don't really, I don't really know. You're still technically dying on your own. Yeah, yeah. Well, or... you have a little assistance. It's like an assistant. It's it's, it's assisted death. So back to your honeymoon. <laughs> Earlier, we started the the podcast with a phone call. Joan answered by saying. Yeah, I'm getting ready to run a marathon, so I'm definitely going to need some massage work. <laughs> I, I met this sir. I met someone in my yoga classes, like my roommate does massages. Yeah. I know you're running the marathon because I'm sort of, I go there a lot. And he was like, my roommate could give you a mis- sports massage or something. And I was like, great. Sports, so, sports massages are great. Yeah. Those are the only kind I can actually have with like the back problems that I have. Really? What's yeah. wrong with your back? I had back surgery 10 years ago, like L4 disc stuff. What happened? Slipped the disc. Just, that's it? Yeah, popped out. Hereditary stuff. Ugh. Um, so it's never been good, but I can't just go get like a massage somewhere. Right. They'll just make it worse. But there is a there is a a, a uh, very ambiguous uh, you know generally Asian massage place uh, underneath my apartment building. Oh, not, if you're ever interested in going, gen- gen- lot, generally Asian. It's generally Asian. They're all generally Asian and men. One and, Pakistani, and they're all smoking cigarettes all the time. They're constantly coming out. They're pro- I can imagine why they're smoking cigarettes. They've been doing this oh, a yeah. lot of this. Yeah. A lot of that up and down hand movement, and then they're tugs. like, ah, go ahead and just tugs. try to just smoke smoke that memory smoke, right out. Smoke it away. Yeah, smoke it away. Whatever you need. Here's my question about your back. I felt like when I was touring a lot, hmm. I was playing Les Pauls, and I felt like I was, I felt like that did something to me. They're like very like heavy guitars. They're very heavy guitars. If, and if you have a, a weak back, they're... Yes. And you jump around like a maniac. If you like jump around like a maniac, too, I mean, then then you're just, you know, dude, that's the trifecta. But um, yeah, they are really heavy guitars, man. I have, I have like a like a nineteen sixty nine Dan Armstrong, so it's like all like lucite or whatever it is, and it's right. it's heavier than a Les Paul. Standing up with that thing, I, I just like after five minutes, I need to like 
go lie down on a heating pad. Why would you, I mean, why would, and I mean this in all sincerity, because I used to be a drummer, very bad one, but I find that drummers know about guitars because guitar players don't shut up. And that's fine because I like guitars. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think in a nice are, way. Like a lot of guitar, I, I know a lot of guitar players and bass players are very gear obsessed. So, yeah, yeah. I was not. A, I was. I was a gear. I was obsessed with gear the way that Aaron Comet Bus is obsessed with gear. What dumpster did you find it in? Like, right. That's what I like. I like yeah. trashy. But if the guitar is that heavy, how good is the sound that you would be willing to do that to your body? It's to play? really good. It's really unique. I use that guitar all the time for demoing for like a specific sound. Okay. So it's just it's just very hyper specific. And so, it does, so if I want it for like a really like a like a really fuzzy and really low end rhythm sound, mm-hmm. that's a guitar I go to every time. So oh. I use it. I use it more for recording than I use okay. it like I would ever use it live anyway. Because yeah. if you play like an like an SG is really light, right? They are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do hate SGs, but okay. that's just a personal preference. Why do you hate them? I just don't like them. They never like all the ones that I had never stayed in tune. They never sound right. I only have, I have one I like, and it has P90s in it. It's an SG Professional. It looks like it is like colored to look like dog shit. It's just an ugly guitar, but it sounds excellent. That, someone did that on purpose. Yeah, it's like just just like it's it's like they were going for like a wood grain look, but then they just like kind of like glossed over it and just made it look like generally dog shitty. <laughs> uh, it's just an ugly guitar, but it it plays awesome and it sounds really cool and it's really different sounding. But uh, yeah, every SG I've ever picked up, I'm just kind of like, eh. You know what I would do if I were you? Have, and I don't know if you've ever done this. I would go into Guitar Center and be like, "Do you guys have the my signature guitar here?" And then like just play it and see if anyone's like, just look around. <laughs> yeah. Hey, like it's me playing. Yeah. As people walk by, hey, 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 <laughs> and they look back. I go, "No, nah, I'm sorry, sorry, never mind." I just keep playing. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Just point, point at the guitar. <laughs> hey, you. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I like Telecasters. So, they're good guitars. They're good. Yeah, they're good, and you can do a lot of different things with them, and they're they'll still sound like Telecasters no matter what you do. Do you, do you like the ones with the single coils, or do you like the humble like coils? both? Yeah, I love. I love. Uh, <clears throat> I've been doing this thing lately. I've been like demoing a lot of music, and I've been like demoing these like really like cool heavy riffs but with like telecasters and strats using just single coils and uh so it's got this like surf guitar sound this like twangy surf guitar sound but like really heavy fuzzy distortion and it's a it's a unique mixture you know um so i don't know i, I love single coil stuff but uh when i start going live when i start mixing like a lot of like pedals live and a lot of like gain and then you know then the single coils start freaking out you just start yeah. to freak out all right, um, I have to ask because I don't know. What what does that mean, single coil? I don't know what it means. Uh, well, it's like, you know, you can get a couple different kinds of, like, uh, it's the pickups. pickups. It's like pickups, a, it's, okay, it's got it. Pickup, yeah. Fair single enough. coil, humbuck, there's yeah. no double humbuckers, uh, mini buckers, P90s, lots See, of different this, kinds. This really fascinates me about, like, just, and hey, look, we're talking about music, of, of putting it together when you talk about pedals because I find pedals when i see someone playing even you know someone playing through a pot i see that i find that daunting it, like, it, like it, it, it looks scary to me like when you think of uh you know the edge who has someone else do it yeah he has his tech he has yeah. his, like his tech that helps him because he, he, he's just kind of like i want this sound yeah and then they sit around and they they work together until they find it and then he has to have everything pre-programmed the way he has it or like at least some of the i mean he has like a lot of rack effects he's got pedals that are hooked up to like midi he's got all sorts of he's got that's that's but that's his thing his sound is his sound is all effects right but, but like he, he needs to yeah if he played like the streets have no name with like oh the, forgot to turn the delay on like should, that would sound like he, terrible well i mean in that documentary uh might, might get, get loud, loud yeah. when he shows like I forget what song he was. Sh- he was showing a song, and 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 the lick was just a chord, he was slowly like, totally, strumming totally. a chord. But once you put the delay and everything else on there, it becomes the song. Exactly. Um, Sorry, I had the flash. Oh, on that's my fine. Camera. I, I love I love effects. What what I end up doing by mistake is I like write something and I'll put all these like effects and plugins and crazy stuff on them, and then I have to recreate it. Right. And you know, something like a plugin called like. The decapitator doesn't exist as like an actual. You can find something that exists like that, but I mean, like, it doesn't literally exist. I can't literally find it. Literally set it the same way and go, cool. That's the sound, easy. So 
I think Decap- I, I enjoy that. I think that's fun. Is is decapitator what you call Scott in the damn things? Is that his? He's a decapitator. Is that his code name? Yes, it is. I met him uh, at, and this is one of my f- favorite embarrassing stories um, that Jonah wasn't at actually, uh, but we were in Cleveland, so your presence was felt. Jonah's been around for too many of me acting like a dipshit. <laughs> um, uh, Metallica was getting inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they had a party. And uh, my boss at Fuse and I had started drinking around noon. It's a good time to start. And mind you, my my wife was with us the whole day like, you guys are both idiots. I don't know why you're doing this. And what time was it at this point in time? This was at this party. It was around 10 o'clock at night. Oh, man. So I did two really embarrassing things. One that people have chastised me for and or high-fived. Okay. Okay. I'll, the, the, the Scottian part is... is this is this isn't so bad because I walked up to Scotty and I was hammered. Yeah. One, I I I was so drunk I went out in front of the club and was just like on the phone with somebody, and um, Cliff from Metallica's management walked by. Cliff Bernstein from what's that management? Oh, Q Prime. From Q Prime. Oh, uh, okay. And I went, Cliff. I no, I don't know the guy. <laughs> and he's are, like, and those guys are pretty uh, frightening. Yeah. <laughs> so scary. I mean, they yeah. look they look homeless. You know? Yeah. And, and I, they're fine with that. And he was like, do I know you? And I went, yes, you do. And I, he didn't know who the fuck I was. And I'm talking to him. So then I go back inside and I see Scotty and I was like, oh my, I walked in. He was like, dude, I, okay, okay, listen, listen. I'm so drunk. And I don't drink often, which is why I do stupid things like this. Like, I, okay, when I was in high school, we listened to three records. You two, Joshua Tree. I was like, why, why did this come up? <laughs> he likes U2 a lot, by the way. He's a big U2 fan. And the second one I knew I had him, he went, De La Souls, Three Feet High and Rising, and Anthrax Among the Living. Those are our favorite records. We always prob- had him in He was the probably car. stoked. Very stoked. Yeah. But I, looking back, I knew that I was in his face talking. Right. Yeah. And that was unfortunate. But I felt really bad. But then he showed me, like, his Angus Young and Malcolm Young tattoos, he, and that was nice. He's, cool. he's, he's, uh, I've noticed Scott totally likes being approached for the records he's made and he appreciates people liking good music i think he likes it less when people go are you that guy from vh1 oh yeah. which i mean that's kind of like a little bit of his own making but how the damn things come about i meant to ask you um i was introduced to scott through a mutual friend basically like this friend of ours asked me if i want to go out to dinner i was like sure and he's like do you want to go out to dinner with me and scott and i'm like Okay, well, here's my thing. I don't really like just meeting people that I grow up, like, you know, idolizing at all. Or, like, I don't, I don't really like the term idolizing, but, like, people whose music has influenced me or, or, or playing style or whatever it is. I just, I don't like to set myself up for any kind of disappointment. I, I don't want to, you know, have a bad interaction and then it ruins the music for me. Yeah, I just, I, I just don't like that. I don't have you me- had that happen? Um, I've heard of other people having that happen. I can't think of an instance off the top of my head, though, something may pop up. But no, because I don't really put myself out there to meet people. I remember one time, like, I'm, I'm a big Smiths fan, and someone was like, wait, I remember I was doing something with a follow-up boy, and someone was like, yo, Morrissey's here. Do you want to meet Morrissey? I'm like, no, I don't want to meet Morrissey at all. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that going to do for me? You have a Smiths tattoo, right? A two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, so I mean. What do they say? I, was it, uh, is this one, The Queen is Dead? Right. I guess the other one is actually a Morrissey tattoo. One, one of my favorite records. It's, it's, it's my favorite Smith's record. Yeah. And then Viva Hate, which yeah. is my favorite Morrissey so record. So you didn't show the tattoo of, of the lyric to the guy who wrote it? Yeah. But, like, what is that going to do for me? I mean, like, it could be really cool. could have been a great interaction. And, and that what, was an embarrassing story that happened to me that Jonah Bear was present for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, but what, what, what did you do I that to? Steven... Wait, what yeah. happened? Oh, yeah. Wait, to Morrissey? No, no, no. no. Well, to my Morrissey. Oh, should I, should, should I tell the rest of that other story I was telling? Which one? Oh, about the, 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 the damn thing story. I can finish that no, one really quick. please tell it. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I decided to just go with it um, because I've, uh, at that time was when I started becoming this this guy who was like, I'm sick of limiting uh, possibilities for myself because I'm just afraid of change and things being different. So I, I went out to the dinner and uh i was really nervous and then we just got drunk and me and scott just connected like immediately and we hung out and we talked about music and it got to the point where i eventually uh it it, it came about organically where i i told him about the music that i've been writing and he seemed really interested and he actually 
came to my hotel room the next day or like two days later to jam and it was totally frightening and and uh but then it was really fun we had a blast we hung out like all night and then i had to basically like leave at six in the morning to go to japan so we just hung out till like 5 a.m and then i went to japan or not not five like four in the morning or something and i went to the airport and um it was rad, and that's basically when we started doing it. And then from there, got Andy involved, got Keith involved, and, you know, everything fell into place, Rob, Josh. and I remember just hearing about it, and did he, pardon me, I'm checking the time, timing. I don't want you to think I'm checking my phone constantly. Like, no, no, I, 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 could, I could tell you're doing things that are pertinent to what we're okay, doing. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, Fruit Ninja. That's, um, that's a good game. Isn't it, see? I like Fruit Ninja. It's better on the iPad, though. Oh, God, I have to try that. Have you heard about Planetary on the iPad? No, I don't even know what that is. Get this app. It takes your entire music library that's on your iPad and makes it into a galaxy. Oh, that's cool. And then yeah. you'll be like, you know, it's it's like the J galaxy, and it'll be all, all the bands, and then they'll have little planets, and it's free. Oh, that's cool. Is, is, it, cool. is it confusing? It sounds confusing. No, it's actually simpler than I'm describing it. Okay. It um, does sound confusing. My wife was totally unimpressed, but it was very simple. No, no but, saying- that, but that's, that's a thing not to be chauvinistic, but I don't think Marie would be impressed with that either. I don't think women... Would be super impressed with an app that takes your music and turns it into like a solar system, <laughs> but I I would yeah. personally. I and I mean, I mean, it's, and that's honestly a compliment to women because that means their heads are like probably they're, they're probably thinking about something that matters. She totally didn't care when I did it. I yeah. thought you were talking about the comic book when you said planetary. That's a good so comment. I, like oh, I went somewhere comment. even sadder. Oh yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Speaking of planetary, have you have you, did you download that app, that Bjork app? No, biophilia or whatever it is. That's kind of like weird set up, like a weird galaxy solar system. Yeah, I downloaded it when it came out, and like none of the songs were out. Yeah, and I haven't opened it since. (laughs) But it looked very cool. It was very pretty. Um, I thought it would be more of like a mixture of music and like maybe like some puzzles or something. It's more just visually cool, (laughs) and then like and then incorporates the music. It's (laughs) it's more of that viral marketing that I don't really get what it is or how to do it. Um. She's good. She's so you thought like Bjork themed puzzles? I don't know. Okay. I, I'm not sure. I, all I do is play games on my iPad. I don't use it like I downloaded like GarageBand and some other recording apps. I'm like, dude, I could. I'd rather record like on my computer right. using Logic and like gear and and you know actually do real recordings. I don't. I'm not gonna do anything with this. I just play games. I read like read books. That's all I do. I've so. heard the Age of Reality app. Not the Age of Reality. The the, um, the Magic of Reality is a good app. I don't know what that is. That's, I'm, I'm interested. It's a book by um, Dawkins. It's it's like it's it's. Oh, it's a Dawkins. It's it's a R- yeah. Richard Dawkins. Yeah, book? yeah, yeah. But it's for children. It's okay. like why make stuff up when reality is so cool? And apparently the app is exceptional. And Dave McKeon, who did a lot of Neil Gaiman covers, okay. is, did all the artwork. For oh, it. that's it's cool. Phenomenal. That's great art. Um, um, Richard Dawkins. I want to like Dawkins a lot, but he's so preachy to the other. Like he's so yeah. like you know. There's like he's. As preachy on the left as preachy people are on the right. I, I tried to read The God Delusion. Mm-hmm. All the time I'm like, hey, man, I don't believe in God either. But I sure as hell don't want to read your book and talking it's, about it's it. It's so like, incredibly condescending. It's the way totally it's condescending. I mean, pretentious. It is, yeah, it really is. And I feel like they try to set it up. They're like, we don't want to talk down to people. But they're like, if you think this, like, you're obviously an idiot. We don't want to talk down to people. You fucking yeah, you fucking dummy. But let me tell you something, it is, you idiot. It, it, it is the same. It's the exact same as someone going, "You're the, no, you you don't believe that there's this creation. Someone made this stuff. It's you believe same. in evolution? What are you a fucking dummy? Yeah, I mean it's the same thing. It's it's yeah. absolutely as as uh, it's propaganda. It's all propaganda. Um, and again, I I thought I would like the book because mm-hmm. I agree with his basic idea that there is no god or like at least i feel the same mm-hmm. way i mean right. I, I don't again i don't care if there is <laughs> if there is a god and i'm saying I don't, it's like it's a gray area for you yeah like i i'll say i think about i think about this way if there is a god out of all the people on the earth is he really gonna be that mad at me for not be- is he gonna be like yeah i'm really mad you don't believe in me <laughs> i only care about you i'm not that selfish where i believe that like it matters that you much, don't believe that, that if there is a god that the god would be that selfish or that oh, uh, that picky. I don't know. Uh, according to the Bible, God is really selfish and picky. Yeah. So, believe man, in me or I'll man's burn you. man's God is, or at least like Christian 
man's god and and you know judeo-christian is 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 very uh very picky and, and very petty and he's just a person did that have any just a, just a really powerful person but did, and, and in all seriousness is that where the damned things came from the name no it's uh it came from that uh as Ram Jam did a cover of Black Betty. Okay. Yeah, you know, and then it's in that song. Oh. Yeah. I gotcha. In that cover, but it's not in the original uh, Lead Belly version. I like that story better. <laughs> yeah. Than what I was coming up with in my head. No, no, no they're both good stories. <laughs> I'll take either. My therapist has a great line that he said, uh, I was an atheist till I realized there was no God. Yeah. Because he finds atheists are just angry that there's no God. It's well, it, not that there's. It's an agenda. It's a bit of an agenda. Yeah. I don't. Fu- again. Going back to the gray area, the way I like to live, there's I have no, there's no belief system for me. Right. I believe the one thing I I do, I don't know if I take this. I probably take this from religion because I was ra- I was raised originally like you know we we was raised reformed uh, Jewish and uh, so I guess probably take like the moralistic values from like the Ten Commandments. Like I'm not gonna, I don't think killing people is cool and stealing from people and you know banging this dude's wife and you know things of that nature i think are uh are bad so i guess i have morals mm-hmm. but you can you can i feel like you can have morals without believing well you pick and choose yeah, yeah commandments, that's you know. true yeah there's no other god before me You're but i mean gonna avoid that one yeah there's and there's you know there's some uh there's, there's some, gotta be something else stupid in there it's a lot of co- well the the, the coveting that, that's covered in three different commandments so yeah that's like right. coveting, but stealing. I can't keep up with all the coveting these days. I gotta covet something. <laughs> There's something for me to covet. <laughs> I want to go back because this, this, I just find this fascinating, and that's kind of want to want to talk about it. Scott came over just to jam at your hotel room, so we just brought a guitar, and you had a guitar, and you just played. Yeah. Like what is? Because I, I love Anthrax. I really, really love Anthrax, and and I'm a huge fan. But just in general, two guitar players just jamming like. I don't know, like, how can you even describe that? Um, I had to, having to, like, shit, like, be like, hey, Scotty, and here's this song I have. I'm going to show it to you and teach it to you here, now. I sort of had to take myself, like, out of the equation in a way, like, sort of, like, separate the excited, nervous fanboy. Mm-hmm. I had to. There's no other way it was going to yeah. happen. Um, and I did. So, that was tough, man. That was actually a tough one to do. It was tough not to, like, act like a dipshit. Did you have that moment where, in your head, you would just you would forget that you were jamming with Scott and then realize it again? Yeah. That still happens. Really? Yeah. It still happens. You know, I, I think it's because it's he, he is who he is. Yeah. You know, and I am who I am. So, therefore, I'm, I'm going to, you know, at least knowing myself, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I look at Scott Ian sometimes, ask Scott Ian, I'm like, well, that's Scott Ian. But, but, but then I come back to reality, and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm in a band with him. It's, it's, I, I shouldn't treat it like that big of a deal, but it is a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. Yeah. It's great. Well, I was actually, I met Scott through you when we went to that show in Jersey. Yep. And I was actually more intimidated meeting Rob because his hands were so big that I was Rob like, has really big hands. Yeah, and Rob I was, is, yeah. Rob is the nicest man. Yes. He is so nice. He called me uh, to apologize that he couldn't come to the wedding, even though I knew he couldn't come to the wedding because he's going to be on tour. I didn't understand. I, I actually didn't understand why he was apologizing. Um, <laughs> Anthrax is on tour now, right? Yeah, with Testament. Yeah, and with with Joey Belladonna. Yes, indeed. I was. So, I turned that on. That was one, like the happiest accident. I turned on Fallon. I was like, "Wait, what? What? Oh yeah, that that was great, man. So good. Fallon's in, in general. That show's great for music, yeah. man." They had Archers of Loaf on not that long ago. Did you know the director of Jimmy Fallon was our director on The Rock Show? Really? Yeah. yeah. And the music. So was, I've met. So you I, met him. I've, I've probably met him many, many times. times. He shot everything you when you performed at Fuse. He sh, you, everything musical when you performed. Yeah. He shot. I must know him. Yeah, yeah. I know him. I he, do. I do. I know him. His name's Dave Diametti. He's incredible, and he knows how to. He's a drummer, and he knows how to shoot bands. So that's, that's awesome. why everything looks so well, good. Like when everything sounds good, which is the old, that's kind of like the thing that is tough on television. And I feel like a lot of people that love music but aren't in bands and definitely have never played on TV before have no idea how great of a band you can be and terrible you can sound on TV. You could be like, you guys could all have your 
individual sounds down together sound great in the studio, but once it hits the airwaves, it just sounds like farts in a can. And it's because so many people don't know how to... Mixing sound for TV is totally different than mixing sound. It's, it's, mixing sound for, you know, for different things is always different. So for TV, it's a, sep- it's a totally separate thing. And, like, very few shows have it down. I feel like Fallon's got it really good. And there's one time I saw the Black Crows play on, like, Conan O'Brien, on, like, Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Mm-hmm. And they must have had their own guy. Usually, you feel like, you can't have your own guy mix like your 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 own front of house engineer mix you on TV. You usually have to use their guy, but maybe they had something in their contract. They sounded amazing. Maybe it's them. I, I don't know, but it was like that instance, and then pretty much everything I've seen on the Fallon show sounded like fantastic. We've seen some people play on Fallon, yeah, and we, it sounds like when you it's when you're watching it, and then you watch it again on TV, it sounds the same, which usually isn't the case. Yeah, they try really yeah. hard to make it sound good. I don't understand when you have, like, you have, you know, all these late-night shows have, like, live bands. So they clearly can make those bands sound good. Why can't you just make, like, two guitars, bass, drums, and vocals sound good? That's a good point. Like, it's not that crazy. Why do you have to just turn up one guitar, get rid of the other one, take all the low end, up, take all the mids and low end out of the bass? I just don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. Make the vocals blazing loud above everything else. <laughs> Well, I would imagine even the act of playing would be weird, like playing in front of a bunch of people who are just sitting down, especially when you're playing upbeat music and kind of trying to, like... It's insanely weird. It's awkward and forced, and it's... Found that at least they have, like... They surround you with some people mm-hmm. that are, like, supposed to... You know, they... they and uh, Kimmel's another one, actually, I think, um, at least my experience on, on Kimmel with two different bands have been good. And, um, again, they put you in front of a crowd and on a stage and, and they try to make it more of a live environment and they, they try to do a really good job with mixing it for TV. But yeah, for for all the other ones, I, f- I feel like I've done a lot of the big ones and as much as they're a pleasure to do and they're very nice, like all the people working there are very nice and the hosts are always really nice and uh, it's really quite awkward. Have you had that experience where you've played and then something happened and you had to do it again without the crowd? Um, I've talked to a couple bands that have had to do that. I've seen that I think happen. maybe once with Fall Out Boy, but I feel like there was a lot of times with Fall Out Boy afterwards I was like, fuck, I'm not going to watch this <laughs> ever. <laughs> this is going to be terrible. Um, whenever that would happen, I'd always think about, do you remember when Soundgarden did Saturday Night Live and they played... The pretty noose or whatever that song is, or whatever mm. that song is off of. Um, you know what the name of the song is? It's like the first or second song. It's like the first song off of whatever the upside. Down or, on the upside. Yeah, okay. yeah, I know what you're talking about. And it was really, really, really bad. Really, I love Soundgarden. Right, mm-hmm. love them. Really bad. It was. I was. I was like jaw droppingly bad. You can look it up on YouTube. It's, oh, yes. it's incredibly bad. It's it's really bad. Well, I remember when AFI played SNL and they their in ears were working but the audio from the band to the TV didn't. So Davey's singing, but all you're hearing is the drums that aren't really mic'd and nothing else. That sucks. And it was, you know, they were so psyched, and it was just ruined. That sucks, yeah. man. I think they might have even pulled it for the West Coast. Cause, really? I mean, with, and with Saturday Night Live, you have you have re- the rehearsal, yeah. like the day of rehearsal, mm-hmm. and then you have one shot, and that's it. You can't redo it. It's actually live. Um I mean, we did that, and that was like, that didn't sound so hot, you know? Um, I can't believe you didn't go to the party after that, dude. I'm like, I suck, man. <laughs> I have to be like, I've ha- I have to have been raging for a while during, like, mid, like you know, early evening to go on late to the night. Right. Otherwise, like, I mean, you're talking about me starting to rage at one in the morning when I hadn't been. So I was already just really tired just from being awake and just being oh, a normal totally. person. Just awake, like no booze, nothing, because I try not to uh, booze up too much before I have to go play on television. That's probably smart. <laughs> yeah, I just it doesn't help. Lot. Doesn't I? I should probably be drunk. I think the last time I saw you play with uh, Fallout Boy was that Chicago show that Fuse did a couple of years ago. That was a fun show. That was a great show. That was a really cool show. I, I having seen you see, guys that was a something lot. again. That was something that was we were everyone worked really hard on mm-hmm. it, and it was made. It was it was put together for a band, put together for music. Again, at something where music was the focus. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of musical guests on on shows just that come in and play one song. It's music is not the focus. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. That's another one I think I saw in like Conan sounded really good. Surprised like more bands didn't sound good on Conan because he's like a guitar player and mm-hmm. he's super into so music. And like a lot of you know a lot of bands sounded like really bad. I mean some of them were probably the band's fault. And you get super nervous. It's so nerve wracking. I saw a really there. bad, really bad Mastodon one. I don't know if you've seen that. And I I really like their music. Yeah, I like yeah. them too. They're, They're great. great. But it was something was just was that Conan. I think I can't remember who it was, but it must have been some kind of monitor issue or something. Something wasn't lining up. I used to get to go to Conan's sound checks. I would go, um, uh, you know, Debbie Wonder. Yes. Yeah, Debbie. Debbie, you know, worked for his, uh, her, her and her husband Rusty. Like introduced me to my wife. Basically, so we're really good friends. She would let me come, and I literally sat in the audience and watched Elvis Costello sound check. That sucks. And the only other person in the room was Conan, which was wow. kind of weird. So I kept ducking down. And you weren't st- but supposed to take photos. I did. And then Wilco, she let me do. Oh, nice. And then No Effects. And that was where I met off No Effects. That's awesome. It was really cool. But it, again, I, your take on it makes so much sense to me. Like, it is nerve-wracking as hell. And they were meticulous. Yeah. I mean, you have to. Um, you have to be either a dude like Elvis Costello who's meticulous and it's his thing. Or yeah. you have to be... In a band with other dudes that are all meticulous. But your argument is so sound. They all have live bands. They sound good all the time. Why They're... can't they just... I mean, you'd hmm. think maybe what they would do... I mean, granted, they have different bands on every night, for the most part. But I mean... Okay, they're playing one song, mm-hmm. maybe two if they're doing like the online thing was like later. Like they, you know, that's a new. It's it, it, overall like playing the second song for like online only is yeah. a newer thing. So let's just let's just say one song. I mean, can't like the mu- I mean, I'm sure the music director did, but can't like the guy doing front of house that they listen to the song on the record. It should take two minutes, three minutes mm-hmm. at the most. You know, they're not gonna come out and play a seven minute long song right um and you always have your guy with you you know either your monitor or our your front of house guy, guy. Yeah. but again that's like a weird thing in new york because you know how unions are in new oh, york yeah, you got all true. that union one stuff <sighs> so i don't really know like it starts getting really really sticky that was inside, rough. like you know inside uh you know rockefeller center and stuff you like took that out, you, you're getting married and you took out time to do this that is so huge yeah, but i don't live very far it's a it's a 10-minute uh, ride on the train. I know, but you cross the water. That's like the mental thing where I feel like a lot of people think, it oh, very, it's in Williamsburg. It, no. It is very mental. Um, <coughs> yeah. All right. We're gonna, let's wrap this up. Leon, right, ready to hit stop? Get off Facebook, Leon. Seriously? You're on yeah, Facebook. Facebook. I don't know how to use Facebook. Sorry. <laughs> You're not on Facebook? No, I don't have a Facebook page. I, I got one. You got one re- sort of recently. Yeah, like right? last year, just like... I do have a Twitter account. Twitter, I like. I do like Twitter because it's disposable. Yeah, and it's and it's and I follow a lot of news with it. I get more news. Yeah, I do. Twitter. I do follow like New York Times and and, and um, a bunch of other, pretty much just New York Times. Um, but um, I have a I have a Tumblr. Oh, but I like just posting like weird, creepy, and morbid pictures that I found, and just seeing what people say about them. Okay, <laughs> that's it. So you basically have a Tumblr that's Rotten.com. It's not as bad as Rotten.com. Rotten.com, man. That's when I, I think when I, when I saw the pic, the Black Dahlia murder, like the actual pictures of that, that's when I was like, I'm done with this. That's, (laughs) it's probably one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen. It's pretty, I've seen that. And there's the erection with the parrot perched on it. That's another Rotten.com favorite. That's a really ad. I found that wallpaper, right? That was my wallpaper. <laughs> I found that photo, and I, I found that photo again. Because like, I think this thing existed. If I made this up, I wouldn't be surprised. But I, right. I found it again, like, archived somewhere. And I emailed it to, like, everybody I knew, thinking, like, they would just laugh. <laughs> but people were just really sad that I sent you that picture. <laughs> like, you guys are laughing hard enough. To, that makes me think, like, if I sent that picture, you'd, you'd be like, oh, it's amazing, a, a boner with a bird on it. But, nope, not all these people that I know that are disgusting humans and still just for some reason maybe i caught them all on the wrong day <laughs> joe thanks so much for hanging out with us thank you for having me it's my pleasure and, and best wishes on your nuptials yeah, good oh, thank you sir thank you so that was fun joe Truman learned a lot about diamonds blood diamonds and uh uh hatred for one's relatives which i can 
I can uh, identify with. Uh, real quick, <laughs> Mike and Brad obviously were not there for that one. Mike, why? Uh, I have actually no. I have no idea. I think I was working. You were working. I was you working. Had a job, which works. And yeah. Brad, we had we first the first couple we did. Joe was the second podcast we taped. Brad, you were doing stuff. So we had Leon, your intern. Yeah. Leon, who's really bummed that he's not. He thought he had a regular gig on the podcast, and he's. He's bummed that he's not. You know, Interns should be disappointed. Yeah. I think you got to keep them disappointed if they're happy. They're, they'll move on, right? We had an intern. With, we worked with on the rock show. There was such an incompetent tool, and then he told us he worked at the ice at the Apple Store. Yeah. So we called oh. him Genius Bar. Genius Bar. Like Genius Bar. What are you doing? Stop. Shut up. Was that the same kid that we put behind the sign that we made walk out? Remember when they cut our graphics budget? So I had him draw our graphics. Oh. On, a, on a like no, that's a different kid. That wasn't genius. Yeah, bar. that was a that actually we, we was that had, Andrew. No, that was the one kid. Well, I can't remember his name now. We were notorious. I used to throw scissors at interns. I just remember that Swedish dude with the dreads. Oh God, Sonny. Yeah, I call no. He's Belgium. Belgium. Belgium I called yeah. him Belgium. <laughs> yeah, everybody had a nickname. Death if, magnetic. You guys were notorious. Uh, yeah. You, yeah, yeah, that guy was obnoxious. Yeah. Anybody who comes in he is was like, like, no, Unforgiven 3 is a really good song. <laughs> Don't talk to us ever, yeah. ever again. I'm like, dude, you just said Unforgiven 3. <laughs> and there was some girl who was an intern, and I was like, well, when are you born? She was like, 86. And I'm like, that's what you're called. You're 86. <laughs> you were ridiculous. So Joe Truman rules. Uh, he's, he's now, of course, married and, and, you know. Still married. Still married? Yes. <laughs> he's beating out a lot of celebs doing yes. it. Well done. And you know what? I saw something in, um, I think it might have been Alternative Press, where they said, what band do you want to see reunite most? And overwhelmingly, uh, fans wrote in Fall Out Boy, which I don't even think Fall Out Boy wants. Yeah, they don't. I think they're fine. I don't think they do. I think they're fine. Although a lot of crazy reunions happening now for Coachella. Good God. Refused at the drive-in. Firehose. I know. I didn't know about Firehose till last night. Yeah, I thought at the drive-in was one of those... We hate each other vehemently. Yeah, they were, but over the last couple of years, I feel like there's been interviews where they were sort of like maybe. Jim was a holdout. I feel like Omar and Cedric said they were basically said they would do it for wow. the last couple of years. And they're they're your band. That's yeah. I'm sort of conflicted about the reunion right. though. Like I feel like it's cool on one hand, but I thought it was cool that they were kind of the one holdout. Mm-hmm. And I sort of the shows I saw were so amazing, and seeing them if they come to New York play with like three thousand people at Roseland, I feel like it's not going to be the same. I did not see Refused coming, though. I didn't either. And I know how much money Coachella hurls at bands. And for those fuckers to be like, capitalism stole my virginity, I know how much money you're getting. Also, I don't think I ever... I, Refused are fine, I like them, but I never heard anyone be like, Refused should get back together. No, like, no I don't think there was that. a huge demand for it. The way at the drive and I felt like that was the one where everyone yeah. was like... Just because everyone, they, they got big so fast for people who didn't know, and then you feel like you missed something. Like, I always felt like I missed something without the drive-in. Right. Because the first time I heard them was on Nowcore. Remember that record? Yeah. Do you have this? KTEL put out a collection of emo. Called Nowcore? Called Nowcore. <laughs> and it's Promise Ring, At the Drive-In, Modest Mouse, Dismemberment Plan, Drive Like Jehu, Jawbox. It's obnoxious. I still have it. I kept it. It's like one of the few CDs I wouldn't sell. But Does it, it was- have like really bad Photoshop like? graphics on no the front, it looks please. fine but then it has the ktel logo oh my gosh <laughs> that's amazing awesome. promise ring another one that just got back together i kind of expected that yeah that one would suck coming. and i'd go too i'd go see that all right next week on the podcast more awesomeness uh we'll see you then who knows how many other bands will reunite if it's not job rig or rock from the crypt i don't care